The art of customer service is getting lost. The need for customer service is greater than ever. I don't know if people don't care if it's falling by the wayside, but it's it's no longer the focus of most places. And I think the, the customer service kind of mixed with the knowledge and just being there for the customer. Um, I think all together are things you can't get anywhere else to the fullest extent you can at Midwest Evening Appliance. Midwest TV and Appliance, you get more for your money. Cook with. All right, I'll talk to you later. How about we talk right now, as a matter of fact? Hey, it's Cooley Region Cooks Thursdays from 10 to 11. We get together with people who like to play in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And uh, besides my dad, who is no longer available to play in this uh, terrestrial kitchen, (laughs) the next guy up from that (laughs) is my guest this morning. My dad loved, and he didn't have nearly the pedigree uh, that you do. He was self-taught. I mean, he took some classes and so forth, but... He's not a card, wasn't a card-carrying gourmet cook, never graduated from anybody's fabulous Does that cooking matter? school. <laughs> it didn't to him or anybody that yeah. he fed, uh, which is why artistic presentations weren't always his thing, but it tasted really good. And he would spend all day in the kitchen yeah. making a meal that the 10 of us or 15, however many family members are there, would eat in half an hour. <laughs> It took him all day to make it. Sure. And everybody's like, wow, this is so good. Is there any more? It was quiet, though, wasn't it? Oh, baby. Was it ever. Jim Bressy, who is the inventor of all things tasty for Quick Trip, is my guest. Oh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, great to be with you. Beautiful weather we're having, huh? My God, yeah. 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 I got to hear your forecast this morning. It sounded pretty boring, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, and there's nothing else to talk about. In fact, it's the shortest forecast I've Uh, had for a while because it's just The only highlight is 81 on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise mid-70s and nothing. Uh, A little bit of fog tomorrow morning. Uh, NBD, it'll be gone before most people get up and get going. No, and a lot of, you know, a lot of great things happening in the food world. You know, the uh, summer markets are kind of winding up a little bit, but... A lot of really good uh, products coming to market, too. Um, I'm, unfortunately, not such a good year for tomatoes, you probably noticed, you know, and I think a lot of people are saying that. Um, but the squash are coming in, and they're coming in great. You know, What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite squash? I do. Um, I love delicata squash. Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you know it. It's the, it's the small little uh, variegated colored. Um, it's about the size of, I don't know, six or eight inches long, and it's maybe four Looks inches like in diameter. It's like a Nerf football. Except it's not that Yeah, color. and so it's orange and green, and the one thing that I like about it is that you can actually eat the skin. Oh, the I skin did not on know it, that. Yeah, the skin is tender enough on them. Uh, you know, you should scrub them real well and, um, as I would say, shave off the warts um, <laughs> because there could be little bumps in there, and sometimes those are burrowed little insects in there. So you well, just, we don't want any yeah, of that. Yeah, well, they taste good, but... Uh, protein. <laughs> it's all protein. protein. But, you know, you, you can. Uh, so you just slice those in half, uh, scoop out the seeds and roast them. Or right, So you cook it the same way you would cook an yeah. acorn squash? Yeah, or and you can eat them that way. I like to uh, slice them in half, take out the seeds, and then slice them again in, like, oh. half-inch slices. And then saute those in butter and add a little bit of uh, stock or water. So they're so they yellow donuts. Up. Uh, they're half moons. Oh, yeah. you're yeah. slicing them the yeah. long you got to take okay. the seeds out. All right, all right. Yeah, and then um, after they tender up a little bit, you evaporate the, the liquors in the pan, and they start to caramelize from the natural <laughs> sugars. And you can add a little bit of brown sugar or, or uh, 
maple syrup if you want. And then just let them caramelize themselves and then maybe finish it with some ground almonds. Oh, man. <laughs> and maybe a little shot of amaretto. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I, I so. went to uh, Mexico a number of a long t- a while ago. Uh, I remember going there. I don't remember when it was. It was a long time ago. But went to – I took a tequila tour. Oh. And talked with – because the guy who was leading the tour used to live in New Jersey. He's a, a, a Mexican resident, but grew up in New Jersey, went to school there, spoke crystal clear English. And I thought, I mm-hmm. got to do this because I mm-hmm. can understand every single word he says. Yeah. And uh, and in essence, so I learned a lot about uh, tequila, gold tequila and clear tequila and mm-hmm. agave and so forth, and ended up buying a whole bunch of different uh, infused tequilas. Amaretto tequila was one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't have a bottle yeah. of Amaretto yeah. But I have amaretto flavored tequila. Yeah, just hit it at the end, and yeah, um, I would try that. You know, there's two schools of thought. Some people like to burn it off, you know, with a, a, a match because of the alcohol. They don't want that. Yeah, alcohol. you you should get rid of the alcohol, but um, it's whether you ignite it or not. Oh. And um, does it just burn off if you just it cook will. it off? It will. Okay. And Julia Childs used to always say. Why burn off something good? You know, yeah. why put a match to it yeah. and just let it go naturally because it does actually make a difference, I'll say. And just, it's a very subtle difference. But, so it's, but, you're burning off the alcohol because you have an issue with alcohol. It'll Well, no, it'll be bitter. Oh. The, if the so, alcohol remains, So when Julia Child is saying, why burn off something that's good, uh, <laughs> the, the answer is because it's bitter, Julia. Yeah, yeah well, no. If you don't burn it no, off? Her, her thing was, why ignite it? Oh, Because oh, okay. that, uh, that you're creating carbon then, which falls back onto got the product. It, and So if and, you just let yeah. it burn off naturally yeah, okay. it's still going to give you the flavor yeah, without but, the carbon yeah but she made arguments all through her life about that <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> well, funny yeah. good sure i so, get it and yeah. uh, you know anytime you see uh, uh, a waiter lighting bananas foster, foster on yeah. fire yeah, yeah that's just I'll, for show i was yeah. just gonna say yeah, i'll bet yeah, nobody's yeah, saying hey don't do that there's yeah, carbon yeah. on my bananas that's yeah, that's just a little it's bit right fun, yeah that's no, it's fun. good fun Cool. But yeah, the delicatas and then the hubbards will start to come in. Those are a little bit more challenging to work with. But I, I love making uh, curries from them. Oh, you know, or um, the Caribbean cooking has a lot of uh, where it's an ingredient, like pumpkins, an ingredient in a, like an oxtail stew, sure. stew, sure, sure. stew rather. Um, so a lot of fun uses coming up for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the other uh, farm vegetables that uh, are kind of have come and went though are were these beans and like the dragon snap beans oh, and sure. stuff and those have been so good this year i don't know whether it was the you know the early rain in the summer or whatever but i had some of the best beans and had some of the best corn this year did you grow really it? Uh, my neighbor Your my neighbor, neighbor does oh, yeah cool. and uh i swear uh they have something they call it um what did he call it jubilee corn i believe oh Jubilee, uh, no, seren, serendipity. I'll have to ask him. Um, but at any rate, um, it was like a, a different kind of uh, uh, brand or, yeah. you know. Uh, seed. Growing seed, yeah. And, but grown uh, for human consumption, yeah. not for cows. And he, yes, and he isolates it. And uh, it's only good for that, you know, three, four weeks in really? there. And he dropped off a dozen, and Karen and I ate that dozen in two nights. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I asked him for some more, and he said, well, it's getting a little overripe, so be sure you eat this quick. You right know? away. So, yeah, yeah. But it was equally delicious. Wow. But, you know, growing up on the East Coast, we had a corn out there called uh, Silver Queen. 
and it is the white shoe peg corn. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's prevalent in uh, Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and New York, where Karen and I Karen right. grew up in New York. I grew up in Pennsylvania. And um, this is the closest that I've gotten to that. It's shoe peg-ish, oh. but it's bread and buttered, you know. It's yellow. But, and, and is white. there different kinds of white corn? Because I, I what, didn't grow well, up in New York, yeah. but I spent some time. Well, the the, the Silver Queen is, is the white corn that yeah. we know there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's probably varieties. Yeah, I'm sure. I just so. tasted it. I've eaten yellow corn. Oh. I've eaten uh, I just uh, love it cornucopia. in your mouth. Corn, you know, you know that's just, a bunch of different colors. Yeah. And white corn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they they would call it shoe peg because okay. it, it looked like those little shoe pegs that, you know. The guys used gotcha. to do. Cobblers used to sure, use. Sure, sure. <laughs> Delicious. But, That's what I called it. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Delicious. So it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good summer for vegetables and uh, been to Cameron Market a few times. But we have a nice little one up in Galesville that was really, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And the guys growing mushrooms up there, too, which is really neat. Oh, Those yeah. lion heads mushrooms are nice and fresh shiitakes and fresh uh, oysters. Shishito peppers, we had those just about all summer long. If you're not familiar with those, those are not. delicious. What yeah. color are they? They're green. They're Japanese. Um, they look like a, a wrinkled uh, serrano pepper, about oh, the same length, okay. you know, okay. three three inches or so. And everybody kind of jokes because some are hot and some are not. And uh, you can um, blister them in some really hot oil in a wok mm-hmm. and just uh, eat them with some, uh, like, soy dipping sauce or something like that. Or, uh, like I like to, um, I take them and, and blister them on the grill, just lightly char them, open them up, and then fill them with some goat cheese. And then return them to the broiler, broil them real quick. And then, believe it or not, bonito flakes on top with a little bit of wagami, which, um, so wagami is, is, is a seaweed. Right. And bonito flake is uh, dried, smoked tuna that really? comes in little flakes. Bonito flakes. Yeah. It's it's an ingredient in um, dashi and, uh, most, you know, sometimes, well, it's in miso soup. Okay. Um, but sometimes it's just put on top as a garnish at sushi restaurants or Japanese restaurants, kaiseki restaurants. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic and a little bit of uh, yuju sauce and stuff. How fun. Good stuff. Uh, all right. I got to take care of a little business. Yep. And then I have a very pedestrian question to ask you when we come back. Sure. How do you cook your corn on the cob? I have watched oh, on YouTube. I got it. I have watched. I heard you having some raging. conversation about some guy with oh, a microwave. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Raging. Well, I was going to call you because I, I, I do it that Raging, not arguments. I mean, there was friendly. <laughs> but raging conversation Around about the best way to cook corn on the cob. And if you don't do it this way, you've never had, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah. My way is the only way. Oh, everything share, from I'll boiling share, it in yeah. milk and sugar, yeah, put it in the microwave, it leave it in the husk, put it, uh, you know, cook it on the fire, all kinds of stuff. So I want to find out how a guy who knows the names of more peppers than people even <laughs> ever ate before, uh, how does he cook? Is I just thought there was yellow corn and calico corn and white corn. Now we find out there's way more than that. So I may have eaten it and just didn't know it. Didn't know. I knew it was delicious. That's what I knew. That, you know what you like. Cooley Region Cooks, Jim Bressy, our guest. We'll be right back. Because I thought for sure I was going to be able to tell you about something I know about well, that you did. Jim didn't know about. Did. And then he had to top me with uh, no. more information. Did you know? Did you know? That's so funny. Uh-huh. I had no idea. So if you got a great big ear of corn, you're thinking, oh, man, this one's been growing for a long time. It's probably delicious. Big, fat, juicy kernels. 
mm-hmm. and there is a strand of of silk mm-hmm. for every kernel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep. They all channel up through the, the ribs of the corn. Yeah, well, that part I knew because you get them yeah. in your teeth no matter how <laughs> careful you are to brush them I'm or pick them off. I'm curious to try your uh, method, though. That would That's, be kind of fun. Of removing the silk. It's so yeah. f- I, I did it on a whim back many years ago. My mom was alive and reasonably healthy at that time, and she had people over. She had a pool in the backyard, so... On a summer sunny day, yeah, you'd be popular. And so I'm coming over mm-hmm. from Wisconsin, and we get family, sisters, and cousins, and everybody'd come over to go swimming and eat some food and, and corn on the cob. We got always. a couple of dozen at the yeah. farmers market, and uh, my kids were smaller at the time, and they were gonna have to take all the silk off, and they didn't want to do that because it's really hard to do. Dad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't want to do that. All right, <laughs> we'll tell you what, we're gonna try this. I just saw this thing on on Facebook, and it absolutely worked, and I did. I don't know, 23 ear of corn because, oh, well, probably fewer than that because my sister wants to try that. Hey, that's cool. I want to yeah. do it. But you said you had to microwave yeah. it real quick? Yeah. Right. In the husk, you take that ear of corn, just put it in the microwave uh, for. But you got to lop off the bottom. You lop off the bottom. Well, And yeah. so you do that before or after. It doesn't really matter. You lop oh, off okay. the bottom, yeah. the stump yeah. of the uh, corn, and not just the tiny. You got to have it. Take so an inch or so. A bit, yeah, yeah. You got to take an inch or so off so that the entire ear of corn is exposed yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Now put it in the microwave for, if you're only going to do one at a time, 30 seconds, 20 seconds uh, in the microwave just to get it warm. Take it out of the microwave, yeah. grab the silk hard, I mean, hold on to it tight, and, and shake, shake it. that and they come ear out. of corn, yeah. and the ear of corn will come right out of the husk without any silk on it at all. Right on. It is, and it's the craziest, dumbest, yeah. funniest I've thing never heard of that. ever. And if you do it really hard, <laughs> the corn comes out of the Husk, it yeah. bounces across the counter and then on the floor, and you the cat gets it. Toss them right into the pot from yeah. there, and off you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's why I wanted to ask you about it, because how how do mm. you cook yeah. corn on the cob? Well, uh, with that, uh, with the white corn we were talking about, the silver queen corn, yeah. uh, it was very specific. You boil your water, you add, a, as my mom would say, a fistful of salt. Okay. You know, and uh, this is for like a, a dozen ears. Okay. And uh, once it boils, then you add the salt. Then when it reboils, you put the dozen ear of corn in there, turn it off, put the lid on it, and set the timer for seven minutes. Okay. And it comes out perfect. Ah. Uh, the bread and butter corn that you get around here takes about nine minutes doing it that way. Same deal, though. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, uh, my wife and I generally will, will cook, you know, four ears at a time. And with the corn around here, like I said, uh, we'll bring it to a boil, add the salt, and then add the corn and then let it boil for seven minutes. Oh, okay. So, whereas... And this is obviously, you've taken the husk and the silk and everything yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, it's totally just, clean. Just totally okay, clean. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're getting a microwave, um, you know, two years at a time, in their husks, four minutes, let them rest two minutes, and they're done. Okay. Yeah. The argument that I saw from people on Facebook was, or on uh, YouTube, was that if you boil your corn, in particular since people always boil it longer than they need to, uh, you're throwing away all that delicious corn-flavored yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. So don't you're, do that. You're, you're throwing away corn yeah. juice. Yeah. Well, it's the real corn juice comes from the cob. So... Like there's, uh, well, you know, where they get cornstarch sure. and, and such. But um, 
there's some recipes that are really, really good for this and where you kind of cook your corn, take it, cool it, uh, slice it off the cob, and then put the cobs back in water uh-huh. and cook those. And then just for another five minutes or so, and then take them out and let the water settle. And then what settles to the bottom is cornstarch and liquid. Oh. So then you you skim off the water, and you're left with this creamy-looking um, sweet corn um, juice, basically. Okay. All right. And that you can then take and use it in stocks and sauces, and it'll be natural thickener. Oh. Yeah. And, okay. And then naturally sweet. Can you put it in a jar, put it in the refrigerator, and use it, or is that Probably. a use it and lose it? Yeah. I wouldn't keep it more than a week yeah. because there's a lot of sugar in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll start to. I never heard that before. It'll go go funny on you. I never but, heard that before. Yeah, yeah um, there's you come across those recipes every now and again where they use corn milk. They call it corn yeah, milk. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's fun. Ah. Yeah, I love love corn personally. God, so. me too. So My yeah, favorite. we got it. We got it in one of the new meals coming up. Um, right. Yeah, we're kinda... sadly we're going to talk about it in a minute and then <laughs> lower the boom on everybody. It's not going to be available. Well, until about Thanksgiving. I, I like to talk about the ones we're developing. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, we have uh, probably sixteen meals or seventeen meals right now uh, available. A quick trip for take home meals. And you and, rotate out yeah. seasonal ones. What do you, you have a number? Uh, do you rotate yeah. out five? A quarter uh, every or three two weeks or... or so, generally speaking, we introduce a new one, and okay. then whatever uh, was on there, and then it'll run. We'll we'll make a hundred thousand, a hundred and twenty thousand, and then as that one, the products and the labels run out, they are replaced with the new one coming in, and so there's generally fifteen to seventeen in a rotation of sixteen weeks. Okay, and. Um, so you were asking about uh, the barbecued uh, mac and cheese with with brisket, right? The brisket uh, mac and cheese that just came out. Yeah, it did. so okay. we started that last Monday. So it's been out, you know, nine ten days already, and it's doing really well. People um, already. Uh, All right. Well, it's been for... so popular that at the Quick Trip I frequent, it w- hasn't been there. Yeah. So it's good. in and gone. Good. Uh, which the is sad for me because I thought, yeah. well, maybe it's not out yet. You know, it's a pulled brisket. You know, some people are looking for like a slice of brisket or whatever, but this is pulled brisket yeah. that's well, mixed okay. with barbecue and it's just delicious. Oh. It just melts in to the mac and cheese. And then, but it's only going to be <laughs> yeah. gone. I mean, it's only going to be available uh, for a couple weeks. Yeah, 16. Um, oh, 16. So, yeah. So okay. that, that's, you know, so that's once it's introduced, shape. it doesn't come off. For four months. Quickly. Yeah. All right. Do yeah. you ever run into, I shouldn't say do you, because I'm sure you do. What happens when you find out that this group of quick trips over on the east side of the state have been selling brisket mac and cheese faster than you can make it? Oh. <laughs> but these quick trips over here yeah. aren't selling it hardly at all. Do you ever consider well, it's, it's, regionalizing? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Every quick trip is going to have everything. That's okay. been our that's been our ethos. Well, I get that. I understand time. that. Yeah. But but uh, you know, uh, but when, the stores when the quick can trips... choose to order more. Well, they, they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm in a store that doesn't sell as many, I don't have to because they have to balance their waste, right? They have yeah, to well, make sure yeah, that they're yeah, not yeah. you know doing that. We want to sell every meal we put out. So I got a bunch yeah. of chicken teriyakis. Can I trade those for a bunch of brisket no. mac and cheese? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a new one, too, the chicken teriyaki. It's doing pretty good. Yeah, it um, looks delicious. It is, and, and it's a real simple dish. And we were just talking about it yesterday. Um, we'll probably do that same dish, like with the brown rice and the snow peas, uh, with a piece of grilled salmon oh. for Lent. 
Yeah, Uh-oh. same teriyaki sauce. Uh, it's really lends itself well. Um, but yeah, we're having fun um, making up stuff. You can see in front of you today, I brought in um, our pot roast with mashed potatoes. Oh, and don't get me vegetables. going on that, that <laughs> pot roast, oh baby. Uh, and so yeah. we got to talk about some of these yep. and how you make them. Uh, because that's You're what we're all your about. Time, I don't though. want everybody to just drool all over the place. You got to pay the bill. Just me. I gotta, <laughs> all right. I got to check the guys in the newsroom, too. Yeah. So we'll take care of some business and be yeah. right back. Cooley Region Cooks, Jim Bressy from Quick Trip is making us drool. Cooley Region Cooks. Man, oh, man. If you ever get a chance, if you are ever out and about and you're thinking, I think that's Jim Bressy. <laughs> I think that's Jim Bressy. I got to go over and shake his hand. Nobody Thank would ever recognize much. me. I, I hide in the kitchen. Well, so, I, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't realize. I'm not a personality at Quick Trip. So. <laughs> well, no, no, that's all right. But you are you you, you are a person whose knowledge, especially yeah. of food and yeah. the industry, yeah. is a fascinating. I don't yeah. know anybody who would Thanks. love to sit down and oh. just shoot the breeze with you. About yeah, you know, I got. I got approached uh, like uh, three or four years ago, uh, Concordia University over at Mequon. Um, they, uh, I just befriended, um, uh, well, he's the dean, um, just through, <laughs> through, through happenstance. Sure, sure. We met through a mutual friend. And um, he was just kind of saying, Jim, you know, I, I'm fascinated with your job. Um, I'm thinking, now he's, he's uh, heads up the um, School of Pharmaceutical. Oh, okay. He owns several of his own patents of medicines and such, and now he's teaching, and they have an R&D lab for pharmaceuticals. He wanted to take and bridge the science to the food. He always had this fascination with food. Sure. And so three, four years ago, he started talking about um, making an R&D uh, master's degree uh, where you could oh. get uh, you know, a culinary background coupled with um, you know, a science background. Well, uh, as of today, they've got 30-some-odd students uh, in this program. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, they're coming back in October. And uh, we're going to do – I've done a few lectures uh, over the years uh, where I've gone over there, but we're going to do a Zoom. Are you? Yeah. So I'm going to take them uh, basically on a virtual tour of our development process. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Really a neat, awesome. a neat group of kids, too. I've gotten a chance to know a few of them, international students um, uh, right. that are just uh, really, really fascinated. So uh, there's this whole genre called uh, molecular gastronomy. It's basically where you kind of rework um, food in science, you know. So I'll give you an example of that. Um, you would use, like, cream cheese. You would add a little carrageen, which is actually seaweed, and you could... Uh, you could pipe it like a pasta and boil it in water and have cream cheese noodles. Pasta. Really? Yeah. And there's there's other there's other things that you do. So there's there's this whole movement. And these kids are all they want to do that. You oh, know, and sure. I'm like, okay, well, do you know like how guys, do you know how to cook an egg? TV shows <laughs> yeah. like that. I said, yeah. But do you do you understand what happens when you put heat to a protein? Okay, let's start there. You know, so yeah. it's kind of kind of funny. They're all excited about, you know, all the science aspect of it, but they don't understand the science is actually happening right in front of you. Yeah. You know, so just you got to base your ideas on that. But anyway, it's still one of it's only in the uh, one of the kind in the in the country that I'm aware of that is an actual 
food research and development master's degree. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, right here in Wisconsin. So, yeah, yeah pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. So, and um, that you're a professor there. That's uh, adjunct, you know, basically I'm a, okay. I'm a lecturer. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have any any letters behind my name. Nope. Nothing like that. So. Exclamation points, maybe, uh, no, but no letters. No, no, no nothing like that. That's all right. Well, then, but, you, know, you know, I'm like your dad, you know, a little bit because, uh, you know, started in the kitchen with mom teaching. And my dad was a fabulous cook. Uh, my aunts and uncles, all of them, you know, uh, my grandparents were fabulous cooks. So the interest was there as a kid. Um, and then I was lucky enough to go to college for it. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, the, the whole thing is you just start learning and you never stop. And that's the beautiful yeah. part about it, you know. I, well, I learned. that was my dad. Although yeah. he started, it's funny because he could <laughs> he could teach a class in kitchen toys. How do you get? Hey, that looks really cool. Yeah. How do you get your mashed potatoes to look like that? Yeah. Well, he used this. You got you use this toy. Masher. Pretty soon, it looks just like sesame seeds. But guess what? Uh, they're not sesame seeds. They're whatever. something totally yeah. different. Taste well, one. It I have like a lot butter. of gadgets, too, Mike. And yeah. I'll tell you, I'm not looking forward to it because Karen and I sold the house. You and did? We're, yeah, we're going we're gonna to move into uh, – we lived out in the country. We just wanted to get closer yeah. to lacrosse. So we got to pack, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I'm thinking all of my kitchen gadgets, i got to go through them. Because oh, half of them I don't even use anymore, you know. Well, but tell you what, when you get yeah. ready to have a garage sale, call me. Uh, yeah, I might. I'll bring them down. I got some oh, interesting things. I'll though. come over yeah. and buy them. I don't expect you to give yeah. me anything uh, or no, bring it in here right. and say have this because I might have one of those too. Yeah. My dad used to send me stuff. Well, we're, say, we're taking. I would get it in the mail. There's a box from Dad. What is yeah. it? It was the old one because he just got a new one. A new one. A new I'm one. doing that with my nieces and nephews. Right. I, I got boxes for all of them, and they don't awesome. know it yet. Oh, cool. <laughs> These are coming. Like, one That's of them cool. is getting all my dad's old uh, um, antique toys. One of cool. them's getting, yeah, one of the girls is a, is a fantastic cook, so she's getting a lot of, like, my grandmother's cookbooks and stuff like sure, that. Sure, sure. One of them's into trains, so but we're doing all that. Yeah. You know, we're getting ready. And everything. I don't want that yeah. stuff because that's really cool. But <clears throat> I got enough collectible things. Yeah, kitchen gadgets. Gadgets. However. Okay. Right. When you start working on your, you know, well, my dad's favorite kitchen toy was. I don't know. Mm. Did I ever tell you this? Stop me, otherwise. My dad's favorite kitchen toy was an electric, a battery-operated flour sifter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it looked. It looked just like a sifter. Uh -huh. Except it had legs. It looked like something that would land on the moon. Had a handle. Did he about, bake a lot? It was about this big around. He baked a lot? Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. he just got this, uh. and he baked then because uh. cause you'd come home. I'd come home from work or from school, depending. He had it for many years. And on the, on the counter, the kitchen counter, which was twice, at least twice as big as this whole space that I'm buying, and it would be covered with flour. And you could hear my dad come in from the driveway. You'd hear him giggling. Yeah, it's so great. Come in and you find out there's three bags, three pounds of flour, all sifted. And yeah, ready to go. Dad, what are you doing? Anybody want to make something? You pour flour oh, into the Lord. sifter, and you could do the handle, and yeah. it would go like that. Or flip a switch, and it, and it, it was battery-operated. That's awesome. And the legs kept it up off the counter, yeah. and it would just start to shake oh, that's funny. and vibrate and walk all over the counter. It was, was hilarious <laughs> to watch, yeah. but it was funnier to watch my dad 
watch the sifter. Yeah, he liked that. All right? the tons yeah. of toys that yeah. he had. Yeah. His favorite was the automatic flower sifter. That's awesome. <laughs> it was just I, you know, hilarious. I, I can't disagree. I got some weird stuff too. Yeah, you I know. just love that. Remember the electric stuff. knives everybody had to have back? Oh, in, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And the cord. Yeah, and right, the cord. right. Yeah. So and sadly, yeah. then yeah. my dad would have an orange cord because there wasn't a, a long uh, enough. Well, you know, it's heavy duty. I got sure, a big yeah, turkey to carve. So he got a fifty-foot <laughs> orange uh, extension cord that ran out into the <laughs> kitchen. Don't close the door on the cord. Dad, what? And we had we had uh, the old <laughs> waffle griddles when we were growing up, and you oh. used to pull that out and grease it up, and of course it would smoke and belch, you know. And, oh yeah. And uh, you'd just make two pancakes and put it away. Yeah. You know. Oh heck! So. My dad had one of the very first uh, uh, press and seal. That's not what it was oh, called. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You put yeah. stuff in the bag. Yeah. And it sucks all the air out. Sure. So then you can put it in the freezer, and it will last yeah. longer. He had one of the very first ones. That was huge. Right. It was probably two feet wide, two and a half feet deep, made a ton of noise, got really hot. Yeah. But you could put food in there, yeah. put it in the bag, yeah. close it, turn That's it on. That's still a great way to do things, yeah. And it would not only seal the bag, but suck all the air out. Yeah. It took forever, and you needed special bags. Yes, you still I do. Made, yeah, well, I did not mm. know that mm-hmm. the very first time I used it. He sent me the old one because uh-huh. he got a new one that... A little would, bit. You yeah. could screw it to the underneath the counter, oh, uh, yeah. the cabinets in, yeah, yeah. in the kitchen. It screwed up there, so it was in the air. Uh, mine, the one he sent me was on the counter, and I he sent me you know whatever ten bags, and I used those ten bags over a few months, and I didn't have any more bags, so I used not special seal a meal bags. Yeah, they don't work. That was the end of the press. I, <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was afraid to tell my dad that I ruined uh, it because uh, I glued it together. We use those all the time. That's the principle behind uh, sous vide cooking. Yeah. Because the, the word sous vide means under vacuum. Yeah. I and know. Yeah. And uh, so you do. You, you pull out all the air, and then there's nothing to impede the water being in contact with the product, you know. And sure. And it cooks beautifully, as you well know, that pot roast right there. Have you there. ever seen or played with experimented with the home sous vide mm-hmm. things are they any good oh yeah they're wonderful but because i remember mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad had one of the first uh air fryers oh uh, yeah, yeah. And it was not yeah. wonderful it was horrible oh uh, yeah it was real stinky yeah and, uh, they've made forever. a lot of progress and so with you those. can buy an air fryer yeah. now and it'll be one of your most favorite things no but i would encourage you guys yeah um yeah. there's a great brand called uh, sous vide supreme and, um, you know, you can get them on Amazon, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, they're actually called water ovens. And there's, there's two types. There's one where it's a little wand that yeah, attaches goes to in. the side of your giant pot. Yeah. Like a huge whirlpool. And that, they work great. They do. Okay. Um, you can use any vessel that you want. Okay. The reason I like the sous vide supreme is it's, um, it's actually a water oven. So it's a, it's a, a cabinet. Um, it's a tank. It's a tank. It's it's a tank. Yeah. Okay. And, um, in the tank, it has little circulators or bubblers they're called. Right. And then the whole thing is heated. Okay. So you're not relying on just the, yeah, yes. The whole sides are heated and it maintains to a uh, fraction of a degree. So, because there are, you know, uh, there are some, things that you don't want to you want to cook them at 38.7 degrees really and this thing will hold it at 38.7 
And okay. you know, it's it, that's the perfect like 138.7 is like the perfect temperature for uh, you know steaks basically. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So we use them uh, all the time now. The, the sous vide tank uh, at Quick Trip is you know um, 80,000 gallons. Oh, 80, 80? 80, <laughs> it's it's forty feet long. Oh, yeah, God, and, so and it's eight feet deep. Yeah, and it so takes the, a rack, uh, the yeah. sous vide machine is what an Evinrude <laughs> seventy horsepower. There's, no, there's still bu there's bubblers food. in it, and that's what everybody thinks. Oh, you're boiling it? No, it's just bubbles circulating the you're bubbles. Boiling. Yeah, but you're not. But it looks not... like you're boiling. Oh, you know, but uh, no, but everything that we make at Quick Trip uh, with the sous vide started. In my either in my house or my test kitchen in my sous vide supreme. And little tiny. Yes. So because it was just a matter of scale, you know. Sure. So if you get the if you dial up the right cooking parameters, and then just apply it to scale, it's so no different. So the, the roast beef went from a two pound experiment yeah. in your own personal private sous vide yeah. to, to a two thousand pounds. Yeah, two thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do we haven't tested up. it. We haven't tested it in uh, that large batch. We, I think, the largest batch we did in the actual tanks was only like forty pounds. You know, just to just to get the, the sure. parameters because we uh, we put these little probes in them. They're um, they're heat uh, probes that go in and you activate them so you can actually see the uh, the temperature chart. Oh, and okay. it charts it on a graph for you, got it, got it. Uh, so that when it go, when it ramps up to heat, when it gets there, when it holds, and then when it ramps down to okay. chill, and you can study that. To Is see. it important to ramp down sous vide? Uh, it, it's also? immediate. Um, the best results are once you, once you hit your your time limit, four hours. Bit um, you lift the product out of the tank, and the ambient cool is what uh, starts the cooling process. Sure. So you'll see the... the temperature. Yeah, yeah. And that's important that actually things stop, the temperatures stop rising first right. before you start to cool. Okay. So you don't want to go plunging it into the cold water until you see that leveling off. Right. And that yeah. takes a few minutes, just like um, turkey generally and about, Thanksgiving. Yeah, generally about 10 gonna minutes. It's going to continue yeah. to cook for a few minutes, even though it's out of the oven. Yeah. By the time the guys lift it out of the tank and then transfer it on a crane over to it, it's enough time basically for it. Yeah, we use a crane to pull it out. And these racks are, you know, That's so funny. they're What's major. What's your favorite they're... kitchen tool? Well, I got this crane. I know. <laughs> what? I made a joke about Not that. Not an I electric like, knife. Like, you have a crane. Yeah, That's your favorite tool? I, I had to explain this to a group for a quick trip <laughs> at one point. I said, never in my life did I imagine I'd be hooking a crane up to, to a, uh, a rack to lower it into a pot. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's just never thought the of it. The experiment started, well, we got this cement mixer and we cleaned it. It worked really well. So it does. then we got a stainless steel one because we It's amazing, it though. I just, I just get the biggest kick out of what we do. Okay. It was a year ago, uh, I keep getting flashbacks on my phone, that we were just opening that facility. You know, really? yeah. Mm -hmm. And wow. we hadn't even, and this week in September last year, we were still doing what we called our wet testing, where we were just uh, dialing in the parameters of the cook parameters and stuff like uh, that. And so uh, we were just experimenting at that time. We didn't start cooking, cooking uh, in there until September 22nd. Till, so that was. Well, you got that roast beef, that pot roast. That's delicious. Perfectly. Make uh, zero that, changes with that, that is, in my opinion. That is delicious. I, I'm right. so impressed. Yeah. Tell you what, let me take care of one more bit of business yep. here. When we come back, 
cook me the brisket mac and cheese. Oh, at sure. least isn't that what this is? No, that's the oh, that's one. the uh, what was that cheesy chicken, chicken casserole? Oh, well, you want me to go heat that. it up? Yeah, yeah. No, no, you don't have to heat it up because oh. we'll, we'll be back before that. Uh, but I'm just curious because somebody's going to send me a text. Hey, that was really fascinating. You didn't share any recipes. Oh, yeah. So let's do that one because okay, that one looks yeah. the tastiest, it, and I've already tasted the pot roast. Which won't be available till sometime this fall. Anyway, right so before Christmas. Business. We'll be right back. We're Cooley Region Cooking on Wisdom. Cooley Region Cooks. Every Thursday from 10 to 11. One of my favorites is because we just get to giggle all morning long. Jim Bressy from Quick Trip, a food developer uh, there. How how often are you? do you sit down with your your group of crazy foodologists <laughs> with a blank page and say, okay, you guys. Oh. Word is, rumor is, we'll have the opportunity to be up to our elbows in really affordable, really delicious, some kind of fish, not salmon, some kind oh, of fish. Yeah. They're going to have a new, so we yeah. got to figure out a way. It's do continual. We want um, is it? Yeah. We, we, we are together every day. Yeah. And um, we meet as a, a formal group uh, once a week and go over our individual projects, but we're all very much involved in each other's projects. Yeah. Um, but the idea list uh, is ongoing. Is it? Um, and we just keep have a, a list in the meeting room. There's a big list. And it's you on just computer. Write your list on yeah. And you get and you to just, it when you, you get just, to it. Yeah. It's on computer and we update it every week. Oh so, yeah. Sorry. That's yeah. old school piece of paper yeah, on the yeah, wall. The white wall. Yeah. I meant on the computer. Yeah. Uh, we, we have it in a shared folder. Um, so anytime something status changes on something like uh, a product go, makes it through the micro sensory testing, let's say I'll go in and upload the report and put in the date and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but the, the white list, as you say, you know, the idea list, um, it's already exists. Uh, we add and subtract to it okay. and from it, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, and so it's it's every day. How, every day, that's fascinating. Yeah. Do you ever get a project, see it on the white list, put it together, start testing it a little bit, and then at some point somebody says, "Jim, we gotta let this one go." This yeah, is, uh, that happens. We yeah. just killed some of my neighbors there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. Sometimes, Mike, moreover than anything else, it's cost. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, like ribs, the baby yeah. bags. Yeah, when they go from three bucks a pound yeah. to nine o- bucks a pound, over six. Yeah, it's oh my crazy. Goodness. Yeah, so uh, it all depends. You know, we have to make these affordable for everybody. And um, you know, if we can put the, a whole dish together and sell it at retail for six ninety nine, that's a win. So you know, there has to be something in an along line for the production department and the store, but the customer has to see the value. Do you ever end up with, this is delicious, but it's going to cost 12 bucks. How do we make this delicious plate of food cost seven bucks? Yeah, there are ways, you know, uh, maybe, you you know, reduce some of the portioning or or what have you. Um, Or you look at a different way with, with uh, maybe a a different protein or something like that. But uh, something like that, it's too cost prohibitive. So you do, you walk away or you table it until costs can come under control. Hey, remember when we were going to do a recipe? We'll have to come back and do it next time. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, they can get these. at. So we got chicken lo mein, spicy beef ramen, cheesy chicken casserole, and pot roast all coming to stores near you. And the uh, the brisket mac and cheese is at a store near you right now. Right now. For 16 weeks. really, really good. 11 o'clock.